So hi, everyone. Welcome to another Sunday Zoom meeting and another podcast episode. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening as a podcast, uh, you can find out more at the website www.acinmiraclesacimwithkeith.com. So that's www.acimwithkeith.com. You can find out about the podcast. You can find out about our online community, how to get involved with our meetings. Uh, you can find out about paid private mentoring with me if that's something that interests you. Um, okay, so we, in our meeting before last, we talked about the four splits in the mind. Uh, the four degrees of separation from God, apparent. Um, and we had our meeting last week, and I, I want to try and bring them together this week and talk about where we now find ourselves and how we switch our thought systems about. So I'm going to do a very quick recap on the four separations of the mind. Um, if you want to hear about this in more detail, you can go to the meeting, the one not the last one, but the previous one, and you can get loads of information on it. I'm just going to fly through that summary today. Um, so you have heaven, which is a state of perfect oneness. You have God and God's creation as one being, one in, in heaven. That is, that is all heaven is, is oneness. Jesus emphasizes it poetically by calling it a oneness joined as one. And into eternity, where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea of separateness. And the the idea was believed. <laughs> um, and so this apparently separate self, this I, there was no I in heaven, there was just pure beingness. But this I seemed to arise, and I say seemed because this is illusory, um, there is still only the oneness of heaven. All of this is still illusion. So into the beingness of heaven, there arose an I that could perceive itself in relationship to the beingness of God and Christ as a oneness joined as one. Um, this is consciousness. And, and, and once this appears to happen, consciousness immediately splits. It splits into the ego and the Holy Spirit. And the ego says this is a thing. I am an I. Behold my separateness. I am not one with God. Um, and the Holy Spirit part of consciousness remembers, actually, that's nonsense because I can remember perfect oneness absolutely in this present moment and nothing else is possible. So this one I now has an insane part of itself that thinks separateness has happened. God has been destroyed. Oneness has been rebelled against. Um, and over God's dead body, because God is oneness, I have birthed myself as an I. And the Holy Spirit is saying, it doesn't matter what anything looks like. This is simply impossible. It doesn't seem like, doesn't matter what anything seems like. Oneness is all that's real. Um, now, so this decision-making mind, deciding between its insane half and its sane half, uh, decides for the ego. And once it does, it splits off the Holy Spirit, does not know it has just had an option of what to believe, and now it thinks it has become the ego thought system. So this apparently separated Son of God now thinks it is an ego um, and forgets the decision that took him there. Okay, so now the ego, um, 
the son of God that thinks it's the ego, believes it has to protect itself. It knows it's, it owes its existence to a choice in its favor. Something, something has a power to choose against this. Separateness has been chosen, but it's very precarious. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's all that doesn't seem like it's all that safe an option that I stay this separate self. I need to take, you know, steps to protect this separateness. And so sin, guilt, and fear was made up. And this is the story that says God has been destroyed. I'm woefully guilty for attacking oneness, for attacking love, for destroying the love that created me. And I am rightly terrified of the retribution of God for what I've done. Now, the separation from God never happened. That's why this is made up. But this is made up to protect this apparently newly birthed separateness, this I. Um, and now um, the, the, the guilt of that is appalling and the terror of that is unfathomable. And so there's a decision to split the mind again. And this time it splits into an innocent victim self and a sinful, guilty, victimizing self. So this ego that we now think we are as one, there's just one separated son of God at this point, um, it now finds its condition intolerable, guilt and terror. And so it splits off its sin and sees it outside of itself. And... And once it does that, it forgets what it's done again. Now, all it knows is that it is an innocent, vulnerable victim self and that there is a sinful, guilty victimizer self out there coming for it. At this point, the sinful, guilty, victimizing self is perceived as God and a decision is made to leave the mind. Okay, so we've done the first three splits there. This is the fourth. The decision is, I need to get off the battleground. I cannot stay on the battleground. God is coming for me in my mind. And so I don't stand a chance. It's God. I have to hide. So I make up a world, people it with billions of people, quadrillions of animals and insects and plants and flowers, and 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 I fragment myself, I shatter myself and project myself into all of them. So the dreamer of the dream, this one consciousness has localized itself as all the figures in its dream from whose perspective the dreamer of the dream consciousness appears as a world and bodies. And that is the situation we find ourselves in in the world. So the one mind, the dreamer of the, the dream that is you, um, the same mind that's dreaming itself to be Eli, is dreaming itself to be Keith, is dreaming itself to be Sparkle, is dreaming itself to be the fish in the sea, is dreaming itself to be the animals in the field, is dreaming itself to be the flowers, the plants, <laughs> the ocean, and the grains of sand. So the world is just what this one consciousness looks like to the bodies that it put in its dream that would see it that way. So even though we now have a dream of multiplicity and diversity, there is only one dreamer of the dream 
who has localized himself as all the figures in this dream, from whose perspective the one consciousness, the one mind, looks like a world and bodies. Now, that one mind of consciousness, it, it, from the ego's perspective, is sinful, guilty, evil, and fragmented. However, from the Holy Spirit's perspective, right from the very beginning, consciousness is not damned because separation hasn't happened. God's son is not guilty. So the alternative perspective for this one mind, this one consciousness, rather than sinful, guilty, evil, and fragmented, the Holy Spirit says it's one. It's one mind and it's innocent and still holy because no separation has happened. The Holy Spirit is the memory of God and Christ as one in heaven. It is the memory of the beingness of heaven that we have brought into the dream of I, into the dream of consciousness. So right now, you are identified as a figure in your dream with a past and a future and a body and with problems. And that is the mindless state you consciousness chose in order to escape from a God you thought was coming for you that you made up. So the condition of identifying as a separate self, as a body, as a person with a story, with needs and wants and desires and plans and goals and a past and a future, that is the mindless state. And you look out from that state and you see a world that is there to gratify you, to give you what you need because you are so empty and lacking and wanting and needing and grasping and unhappy and miserable, and you're trying to manipulate this world you made up as a person that you made up in order to try and be happy, but the ego can't be happy because it divorced itself from love. And the awfulness you believe about yourself, you are projecting out onto you, consciousness, and you are seeing the guilt out there in the others that are all the same dreamer of the dream that is you. And you will stay in hell forever. That's the ego's plan. Mindlessness, separateness protected forever from the Holy Spirit's correction. And so what is the implications of the metaphysics? What have we been learning in the workbook lessons that we've been doing together? Um, that we can change our minds. The world is absolutely meaningless. You made it up, okay? It doesn't mean anything. It's not about anyone. <laughs> and you're just pretending to be all the figures in your dream, but they're not you. One consciousness is pretending itself to be everyone and everything and never actually becoming them because it's just a dream. It's just a mindless state. And the world's already over. All the decisions that you as a dream character think you're making and that you're like, you know, <laughs> torturing yourself, going over in your head, and what do I do? It's all done already. The world is over. Time is an illusion. It's already over. You've just jumped into the movie and you're pretending you're a movie character deciding what will I have for breakfast? 
the movie was shot years ago. It's already decided what the character will have for breakfast. Do you know what your next thought will be? No. <laughs> Never. Why is that? They're not your thoughts. They are the thoughts of a movie character that you made up. That's why you don't know what the next thought is going to be, because they're not yours. And that's why Jesus says in lesson eight, the one holy true thing we can say about the past is that it's not here now. And then he says, not many people have realized that when you think you're thinking about the past and the future, your mind is blank because you're not really thinking at all. Because your right mind is outside of the time and space. There is no past or future. It's a movie you made up. Time and space is just in your movie. Okay, so, you know, if you jump into your movie and you're pretending to be the movie character so you can keep your separateness but be without your guilt because you're seeing it in everyone else, that's really you because there's just one dreamer of the dream pretending to be everyone. So when we return back to, to right-mindedness, um, we don't have a past or a future. That's made up. So right now, when you're thinking you are the dream character and you're thinking, do I put on my red dress or my green dress? Am I going to have coffee or tea for breakfast? <laughs> what actually happens is there's a movie play. The decision is made by the movie character and afterwards you go, I did that. Because you're never the movie character. <laughs> the mindless state isn't real. Okay, you're not what you made. You're not the characters in your dream. The characters just do what you wrote them to do. And afterwards you keep going, I had that thought. No, you didn't. You didn't even know what your next no. thought was going to be. <laughs> the thought just happened and you went, that was my thought. No, it wasn't. And so if you have no control over your thoughts whatsoever and you don't, you therefore have no control whatsoever over what decisions you make. Okay, you were always going to wear that colored dress. You were always going to have coffee instead of tea. <laughs> you were always going to go to work the scenic route. You didn't decide that. It was already decided. And as the movie plays, you go, I did that. I had that thought. No, you didn't. Jesus says in lesson eight, you can't have those thoughts. What will I do next? <laughs> Yeah, you can't have those thoughts. So it's a deluded state. And and as long as we're in this state, this is the hiding from God state. You can't see me. I'm not really consciousness. I'm a dream character. And we've forgotten that we're consciousness. So Course in Miracles is a rescue mission. That's what it is. Jesus comes in and goes, listen, you think you can suffer. You think... You think the world is an awful place. You know, you feel like a poor, innocent victim. You have done this to yourself. And I can help you. <laughs> um, but you have to understand something. You're not what you think you are. You're not a body. You're not a person. You're not in the world. <laughs> you can't suffer. 
you cannot think about a past that damaged you because you don't have one. You wrote all this and you make it up. You made it up. And so he's going to teach you a completely different thought system. He's going to teach you how to see from an entirely different perspective. So what does that mean for me and A Course in Miracles student? It means I'm going to go unconscious as the dream character and think I'm a person and a body with a past and a future and worries and concerns and problems and people that I hate because they're bad people. <laughs> That's what's going to happen when you go unconscious in your mind and identify with the insane voice talking to itself and the body. Okay, and when that happens, suffering is going to arise. Some form of limitation is going to be experienced as suffering. And then you are going to project that out onto the consciousness that is you only appearing as a world and bodies because you programmed your body to see it that way. But it's all the consciousness that is you. And you're going to look out there at the consciousness and you're going to see separateness and diversity and attack and badness and evil. And you're going to go, you did this to me. You are the reason for my suffering. But this is your dream. <laughs> and the person you're dreaming yourself to be isn't real and neither is anyone else. You are playing all the parts. And so Jesus teaches us a miracle. And the miracle is the way of changing your mind. Literally changing your mind literally changing your mind from identifying as a body with a past and going, that's not me. I'm not that. Literally identifying as something completely different. Ken always called it the non-judgmental observer in the Holy Spirit. I call it awareness because it brings together nicely all spiritualities that are telling you the exact same thing. And what is a non-judgmental um, observer? It is awareness. It is looking at something with no judgment on it. It is allowing the present moment to be in all its horror and glory without making an evaluation of it. And that is in your mind, and that is the Holy Spirit. Because from the very beginning, when separateness appeared like it happened, the Holy Spirit looked at it and gave it nothing. <laughs> Holy Spirit went, so what? <laughs> Only oneness is real. That's all the Holy Spirit did. It just looked at it and did nothing with it. The Holy Spirit didn't say that's evil. The Holy Spirit didn't say that's bad. The Holy Spirit didn't say, oh my God, I have to fix this awfulness. The Holy Spirit looked at it and knew it was nothing. It had no opinion on it. The ego said, this is fabulous. The Holy Spirit didn't think it was fabulous or awful. It was nothing. And so there was non-judgmental observance of the tiny mad idea. A smile at it. If the Holy Spirit, which is you, it's your own right mind, if the Holy Spirit did something with the tiny mad idea, that would make it real. That would make it real. 
Instead, the Holy Spirit looked at it, knew it was nothing and didn't have an opinion on it. Just allowed it to be what it is, feeling completely unthreatened by it. And that's still in your mind. You, you still have a split mind. There is still, no, no matter what the insanity that's going on in your wrong mind, in behind that, you have another mind. Awareness is there in the background constantly. Looking and waiting and judging not. And the awareness that is still in your mind, that is the Holy Spirit, this holiness, because it is the memory of God and Christ as one being, and it is your identity within the dream of consciousness, so it's holy. That holiness is in the back of your mind right now. You don't have to put it there. It's there. And it's the same thing that is everyone else's right mind. Because there's just one consciousness. In a wrong-minded view of consciousness, it is sinful, guilty, evil, and fragmented. And each fragment is seeing the guilt in all the other fragments. But there's no fragments. There's just one consciousness, one dreamer of the dream pretending to be all the dream characters in its dream. You. So when I find myself in the mindless state, I, the person with a past and future, I, the innocent victim of the others out there, I, who deserve more respect than this, I, who need more love than I'm getting, I, who deserve more out of life, that I is an illusion. It's not you. Those are the ego's thoughts. And they're just coming in and you're going, they're my thoughts. But they're not. You are present moment awareness. That's the importance of lesson eight. Jesus lays it out right at the very start. In today's lesson, lesson 28, Jesus says, the problem is that you think you're seeing loads of different things. Which means you're insane. Because it's all you only appearing as loads of different things. But it's all still you consciousness, not the dream figure. That's not you. You made that up like everything else. You consciousness. When you join with the Holy Spirit in your mind as a non-judgmental awareness and you identify as that, you are consciousness seeing itself as one and innocent and holy, no matter what the images are doing. It is the truth of all the images. In the Holy Spirit, you see that everyone out there is the same as you. There is just one. One appearing as the many. All suffering arises from the belief that there are many when there's only one. You. God's one holy, innocent son. That is the Holy Spirit's verdict. It may appear like this mind has made a change to itself, but oneness is all that's true. God in his creation as one being, that's all that's true. And so when you let go of your identification as a dream figure and you identify as the awareness you are in the Holy Spirit, you see that that's all there is, this awareness, only appearing as dream figures and things and grains of sand. 
the capital S self, our shared identity in the Holy Spirit. We've just one identity in the Holy Spirit. Jesus says the ego is legion, but the Holy Spirit is one. When you go back above the battleground, you see that everything, it's all your dream. Not Keith's dream. That's part of the dream. <laughs> when you go back above the battleground where there's just one of us, everything is your dream. Everything is just what your mind looks like to a dream figure from whose perspective your mind looks like a world and other people. But when you join with the Holy Spirit, everything is the one holy innocent mind. Only appearing as a world of birth and attack and suffering and death and multiplicity. Only appearing as that from the perspective of a dream figure. So I simply cannot identify as Keith, the figure in my dream, and no lasting happiness. It's not possible. Because I've written the dream so I can be an innocent victim. I did not, I consciousness did not write any of the storylines so the figures in my dream could be happy. I wrote all the storylines so the figures in my dream would have other figures to blame for how unhappy separateness is. So each dream figure could feel an innocent victim of their body or all the other bodies. I wrote it that way. I wrote it so each figure would suffer horrifically and see the blame in someone else. That's how I wrote all my storylines before I jumped into them. Remember, the world is a defense against your guilt. It's defense against God, and it's defense against the sin, guilt, and fear in your mind. None of the stories were written with happy endings. The stories were written so I, consciousness, could pretend to be all the figures in my dream from whose perspective the guilt was in everyone else apart from themselves or in their body. or their past. But I would see the guilt somewhere else other than in my own decision to be separate. Okay, so as a Course in Miracles student, it is recognizing when I think I'm the dream figure. It is using the holy, is using the miracle, forgiveness, to return to the holy instant where I identify as the awareness I am with the Holy Spirit in my mind and not the dream figure. Now, from that perspective, I know this is what everything and everyone is. And whatever suffering was arising for me as the dream figure collapses. It has to. Because there's no dream figure there for suffering to stick to. All suffering arises on behalf of a dream figure that isn't you consciousness. The minute you return back, you, you reject your identity as a body, as a figure in your dream, as something with a past and a future, and you go back to the non-judgmental awareness you are in the Holy Spirit, 
no suffering can stand. Again, it arose on behalf of a dream figure. And remember, you consciousness, you're wrong-minded and right-minded simultaneously, but they're dissociated. You can identify as one or the other. Never neither and never both. If I identify as Keith, my suffering is justified. I was assaulted. My reputation was destroyed. Someone was out to get me. Somebody did harm me. There's no getting away from that. You can't practice A Course in Miracles if you think you're a person. That's not how this course works. This course works when you realize you're suffering and you go, oh my God, I'm insane. I thought I was the person. Let me use the miracle to return back above the battleground where I am not a body and I don't have a past. Let me reject that insane identity I jumped back into there. And the minute I, I don't identify as a person, the minute I identify as the awareness of the person, there is no person. There never was, but there is no person. Remember, it's one or the other. If you are the non-judgmental awareness of the world, the body, and thoughts and feelings apparently happening, if you are the non-judgmental observer of that, it's not happening to you. You can't be both. You can't be the dream figure and awareness in the Holy Spirit, the self. You can't do that. It's one or the other. And so the minute you let go of, of, of this identification as the thing that came into existence because God was attacked, but God wasn't attacked and it's not come into existence, the minute you release your identification as this, suffering can't stand. And that's what I wanted to make clear in today's meeting. People write in the group and private messages and, and here in the podcast all the time going, what do I do about being abandoned? What do I do about my husband dying? What do I do about my terminal illness diagnosis? What do I do about my drastic financial circumstances? Everyone wants to know, what do I do as the dream figure? Well, from the dream figure, you're destined for suffering. Because something awful has happened to you. <laughs> that's the truth of it. If you're a dream figure, that's awful. Horrific. How could you not suffer? The answer is always the same. I just say the same thing over and over and over again in the group in thousands of different ways. Same on the podcast. What do I do when my relationship breaks up and I'm devastated? I'm never upset for the reason I think. Okay, so I'm not upset because I'm in a relationship and it's broken up. Why am I upset? 
because I think I'm the dream figure. I think I'm a body. I think I have a past and a future. I think I'm something that can experience pain. I'm insane. I'm identified as the figure in my dream I made up to hide from God in and see my guilt outside of myself and to have a world to blame for my suffering. You wrote the relationship breakup for the character you now think you are. So that character could experience themselves as an innocent victim and not the sinful, guilty victimizer of God. I'm never upset for the reason I think, and I can see peace instead of this. How do I see peace instead of this? I remind myself that I'm not the figure in my dream. How do I do that? With a miracle. With the holy instant. With forgiveness. I go back and join the Holy Spirit in my mind and remember what I am. And I look at the suffering of me believing I was the dream figure. I do not look at the suffering I'm experiencing because my relationship broke up. That's the dream. That's projection. That's nonsense. You are not upset because anyone died, because the relationship broke up, because your big toe fell off. It doesn't matter what it is. You are not upset by that. You are upset because you think you are something that can be upset. A dream figure in your dream. Jesus also tells us in the workbook, you can't judge. He says, I've told you to refrain from judging. I'm not telling you that to take some right away from you. He says, I'm telling you, you can't judge. What you are is non-judgmental awareness. All you can do is believe the ego's judgments and think they're yours. So again, when you're identified as the dream figure, <laughs> mindless, and thoughts are going on in your mind. And you're going, I can't believe she did that. She's such a bad woman. And I'm never going to speak to her again. And how dare she? And that was such an awful thing to do. You can't have those thoughts. You can't make judgments. You can't. So the, the thoughts are happening. And afterwards, you go, I had that thought, I had that thought, I had that thought. No, you didn't. You wrote the dream figure to have those thoughts. And now, pretending to be the dream figure, every time the dream figure thinks what you told the dream figure to think, you go, I thought that. You didn't. <laughs> you can't. You are present moment, non-judgmental awareness. So the only problem you ever have is mistaken identity. You have no problem except that. Jesus says you have no problems, but you think you do. <laughs> Why? Because you think you're the figure in your dream. And you use the miracle to return back above the battleground, to go back to realize I am a mind, I am awareness, the same awareness everyone is, and this is my dream. And it means nothing. It's harmless because, look, it's all made out of the awareness that I am. Indestructible holy and innocent from here, the Holy Spirit's perspective. It doesn't matter what awfulness the images seem to be doing, it's all made out of the same one holiness of innocent, 
holy and one consciousness. So that's what our miracle is, and that's what a holy instance is. But what you have to understand is you can't begin practicing this course until you make one thing very clear to yourself. If suffering is happening, you did it to yourself because you went unconscious and started pretending to be a body. Okay, so that's the first thing to understand. So the second thing is you have to change your mind. You have to identify as something completely different other than a body. You are the one that dreamed all of this. All of the storylines, all of the dream characters, including the one that you're pretending to be, you did everything. Jesus says, what if you knew this world was a hallucination? And all those that walk around in it to suffer and kill themselves and kill everyone else, and you made the whole thing up and none of it's real. You, consciousness. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I can only be upset by pretending to be a body. Pretending to be a thing, a separate self that can suffer. I use the miracle to return to the holy instant where I remember I'm awareness. The same awareness everyone is. One dreamer of the dream, within which the dream appears to be happening. And it's harmless because the dreamer of the dream is not harmed by any of his dreams. I'm not a body and neither is anyone else. And there's no one else. There's one, one holy son of God only appearing as a dream that means nothing. And it's all God's one holy son. Jesus says, how holy is the smallest grain of sand when it is recognized as the part of the completed picture of God's son. The forms, the broken pieces seem to take mean nothing. Keith, Eli, Sparkle, everything, the world. The forms, the broken pieces seem to take mean nothing for the whole is in each one. What's the whole? One dreamer. Localizing himself as all the figures in his dream. That's the whole. For the whole is in each one. And every aspect of the Son of God is just the same as every other part. One dreamer. One capital S self. Innocent and holy by the Holy Spirit's judgment from the right mind, from awareness. And that's your mindset. That's your changed thought system. You move from the thought system. I'm a body in the world. I've had a very difficult past. I need people to treat me with a certain amount of respect and I don't expect them to curse at me and I don't expect them to treat me with disrespect and I demand a certain amount of attention. <laughs> I demand people give me, you're insane. You don't have any needs. Your right mind has no needs. In the Holy Spirit, you know you have no needs. When you return to your identity as awareness, there is no lack there. There is no needs there. There is nothing to do. Jesus says, I need do nothing. If you can understand this, you can save yourself centuries of effort. That's what he means. Anything you do as a dream figure is nonsense because it's not real. It's, it's a story you wrote. Um, and when you return to your awareness above the battleground, you need do nothing. There's nothing to do. All is well.
and you look out and you see your dream and all you see is wholeness, holiness, only appearing as a world of broken pieces. But it's not real. They're all just made out of holiness that you are. Once I'm right-minded, I see that. The mind within which all this is happening, by which it's known, out of which it's made, is holy. Here with the Holy Spirit. Because God wasn't attacked. Separateness didn't happen. God has one son who's inseparable from him. And right now, this holiness that I am, that is the same holiness that everyone is, that is my memory and consciousness of God and Christ as one being. And that's why Jesus goes on to say, God is in everything I see, because God is in my mind. It is the memory and consciousness that God and Christ are one, one being. Therefore, the images that appear to be happening in this mind, made out of this mind, known by this mind, of course God's in it, because the memory of God is in the mind, where this is all apparently happening. Once I go back to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says only holiness is real. The mind in which all this is happening, no matter what it is, is holy. So guilt, judgment, pain, suffering can only arise on behalf of an imaginary separate self. That is a projection in your dream of your thought of separateness and guilt and fear. And you return above the battleground where you identify as something different. The one who did all of this. Who are you going to blame? Who are you going to make guilty for it? You did it. There's no one to blame. Someone assaulted you on the street. You wrote that story. You wrote the person who did the assault. And you wrote the body you're pretending to be that got assaulted. Who's guilty? Jesus says, all you have to do is stop identifying as the one who was attacked. This is what he means by beware the temptation to perceive yourself unfairly treated. The minute I stop identifying as the body that was attacked, the storyline, and go back to my identity's awareness, now I see that the one that was attacked and the attacker is the same awareness, the awareness that I am. Victim and victimizer are one. Good guys and bad guys are one. The holy ones and the unholy ones, it's the same dreamer and the dream doesn't matter. That's your changed thought system. So if you're suffering, you have to disidentify as a body with a story and go back to your identity in the Holy Spirit, which is awareness. And that is what we use the miracle for. How do we do that? We instantly are aware of the Holy Spirit in our mind when we surrender to the present moment. Forgiveness. That means I allow the entire world to do what it's doing. I allow my I, I allow this body to do exactly what it's doing. I allow the insane thoughts and feelings to do exactly what they're doing. I give it all permission to be there. Surrender to it all. Allow it all to be there. 
And when I do, there is a softness arises. There is a stillness in my mind. There is a spaciousness around all the thoughts and feelings, around all the suffering. There is peace comes in. The Holy Spirit has come. And now I have a choice. Do I identify as the dream figure? Or do I identify as this peace? So whatever suffering is there, I allow it to be there without blaming the world. It's not because someone broke up with me. It's not because someone assaulted me. It's because I think I'm a me that can be assaulted or broken up with. So I allow suffering to be there knowing and forgive myself for identifying as the one who can suffer. The ego. The dream figure. And I do that for as long as it takes. I allow the suffering to be there without projection. It is because I've decided I'm a body. So I look, I wait, I judge not my decision to identify as a body. And I allow the suffering to be there without judgment. I give it permission to be there. So I hold this peace and stillness the spaciousness that is the Holy Spirit, which is there when I don't bite the darkness. When I surrender to the darkness. And all that means is I don't judge it. I surrender to it. I allow the present moment to be. My decision and the suffering it's causing me, I, I allow that to be. I'm aware of the Holy Spirit in my mind. But I'm not yet identified as it. So I look, I wait, I judge myself not. Until my fear abates. Until I let go of wanting to be the figure in my dream. And I identify as this spaciousness, this stillness. this peace, this softness. And everything collapses. No darkness can stand. Because it was arising on behalf of the dream figure. It's one or the other. If I'm the dream figure, I'm suffering. If I'm awareness, I can't suffer. Now there's no dream figure there. It's one or the other. And the suffering has no one to cling to. I wonder if you can understand how important this is that you never fight the darkness. Whatever the suffering that arises, your attempt to fix it will strengthen the suffering. Your attempt to be rid of it will strengthen your anxiety. Your desire to heal your sadness will make you sadder.
I wonder if you can see why that is. It goes back to what the Holy Spirit did in the very beginning with the illusion of separateness. Nothing. Did the Holy Spirit oppose it? No. That would make it real. When you try to fix your sadness, which is an illusion, it arises on behalf of a green figure that's an illusion. When you try and fix your sadness and heal it and do something about it and fix it, what you have done unconsciously is you have imbued it with reality. You've made it real. By wanting to fix it, you've made it real. And now you can't fix it. And so instead, you surrender to it. You allow it to be what it is. You be the space for it. That's what nobody wants to do. And yet when you do it, when you surrender to what's happening, when you surrender to what your body is doing, when you surrender what the insane voice talking to itself and your mind is doing, when you surrender to what your emotions are doing, you withdraw reality from them. You no longer feed them with your belief that they're real. You'll have to see that for yourself. It's the hardest thing for me to teach people. I have to say it every single day in the group, at all the podcasts, you don't fight the darkness. If you fight the darkness, you are feeding it. Because unconsciously, you've said this is a real thing that needs to be fixed. Instead, you need to remember what the Holy Spirit did at the very beginning and is still doing in your mind. Nothing about the darkness. And the darkness can't stand against that. You must learn to surrender. Whatever the script you wrote is doing, whatever it's doing to the dream character, whatever the dream character's thoughts and feelings and emotions are, you surrender to it. You permit it. You end all opposition to it. You allow it. You forgive it being what it is. And the Holy Spirit, the awareness that you are, comes into your mind. Cannot but. There is nothing to ego other than seeking and resisting and the illusion of control over a script that's already written. In surrender, there is no ego. There is the peace of what you are in the Holy Spirit. The light of the world, that is what everyone is. The one dreamer of the dream. Okay. Let's throw it open for questions. Um, so I know Stephanie and Tina have their hand up. And um, Eli, is there anything in the chat box we need to come to first? Or where should we go first? Um, there's a couple things in the chat box. But the order will be Stephanie first. Then we'll do one from the chat then Tina, and then we'll do the other from the chat. Perfect. 
Okay, Definitely. go ahead, Stephanie. Okay. Hi, Keith. Hi. How are you? That was All a good. beautiful, beautiful explanation. That was really wonderful. Thank you. When I first started, I thought I had a couple questions that I might ask, but this came up immediately when you started talking. Um, and it was from uh, something, a really short little clip of Ken speaking. Um, and I, he, so I, it wasn't very much, so he didn't expand on it. So I, and I've been thinking about it since I've been thinking about this question. And he talked about the fact that most of us, when we read the text, um, that we have a tendency to, and Christ is talking to us, we have a tendency to think that Christ is talking to our dream figure, you know, our, our egoic self. And, you know, we make a lot of association with past and present and, um, you know, how can I relate to this text? And then he said that in actuality, the only thing that Christ is talking to is the mind, is to present moment awareness, which is blank. Um, so I've been thinking about that. And the thing is, I guess, as good readers, are, I've, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, good. there you go. Um, as I've taught reading, so one of the things you do, and I, I'm sure everybody that's a good reader, you learn to connect with the text right? That's things that they pound into you, pound into you. So ego says, well, I'm going to learn this, you know, and connect with it. But in thinking about what Ken is saying, we read, what we really need to do is reading or listening in present moment awareness, which is some other level of reading that I don't know about. I mean, it's something, it's a, a messaging, you know, that to create that miracle, I think. But anyway, I'd like your comments on that. Um, yes. Um, okay, so you. A Course in Miracles is addressed to the mind that thinks it's Stephanie, but can make a different choice. Mm -hmm. That's who A Course in Miracles is addressed to. It's not addressed to Stephanie because there's no Stephanie. You made her up. Right. Jesus right. is speaking to the consciousness that made Stephanie up and is now pretending to be Stephanie. Um. And, and he's saying, you can make a different choice. Mm -hmm. He's saying, if you identify as Stephanie, um, you're going to encounter the script you wrote for yourself, which is dreadful. <laughs> it's also, you can feel like an <laughs> innocent that. victim. It's also, you can feel like an innocent victim and see your guilt in others that are still you. Um, so Jesus is going, if you identify as Stephanie, then listen, there's no hope. All right. Because there is no hope for bodies. We wrote them to fall apart and die. Okay, there's no happy endings for bodies. Ask Jesus. Look what happened to his. Um, and so Jesus is saying, yeah, there's no hope for bodies, but guess what? You're not a body. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and so and so this is who Jesus is talking to, the mind that thinks it's Stephanie. The mind, you know, that the consciousness that has localized itself as the dream figure, Stephanie, from whose perspective, the consciousness that she is appears as a world and other bodies. And he's saying, look, what you're identifying as is the problem. And I want to teach you a formula so that you can switch this. So you can let go of identification as a body, which is his most used expression in the course. I'm not a body. I'm free. I'm still as God created me. He's saying, you know, I'm going to give you a formula that will undo your mistaken identification as a self that you are not. 
And the minute you join me above the battleground, you'll realize you have no suffering and you will watch it disintegrate with me. So when we read the Course, Jesus is sometimes talking about your experience consciousness when you think you are Stephanie and your experience consciousness when you are with me above the battleground as awareness. Mm -hmm. I think a really good example of that is Lesson 93. The self you made is not the Son of God, and this self does not exist at all. It is neither bad nor good. It is unreal and nothing more than that. None of the evil you think you did was ever done. Because you're not the dream figure. You wrote a story about evil getting done, but you're not the dream figure. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on, and then in the second half, he's going, light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. So he's contrasting it. You think yeah. you are the home of evil, darkness, and sin. You, consciousness that has now identified as Stephanie, you think you are the home of evil, darkness, and sin. How do I know that? Because I can see it outside of me, but there's no outside of me because that's mm -hmm. what I think I look like. Mm -hmm. um, what I see outside is what is, what is in me because I'm the only dreamer of the dream. And instead he's going, no, listen. Come back above the battleground where light and joy and peace abide in you. How do you know that? Because it's shining as the truth of all your brothers in the entire world that's you. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's a good question. And again, he's talking to the mind that thinks it's Stephanie and he wants to teach that mind there is a different way of looking at things. That's the oh, workbook so lessons. Yeah, that's the workbook lessons we've been working on yesterday and today. Above all else, I want to see. Above all else, I want to see this differently. I want to see it as the dreamer of the dream instead of as the dream figure. Yes. Perfect. Thank you very much, Stephanie. So what have we got in the chat box, Eli? Okay, we're going to go to Linda Torito, if you want to unmute yourself. Um Someone has sent her an anonymous question, so she's going to ask it. Cool. Go ahead. Okay. Linda. Thank you. All right. I'm just going to read what she sent me. Um, hi, Keith. I've been hi, following Linda. your Facebook. Oh, hi. <laughs> that was from. That was from <laughs> oh, that her, was the question. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> hi, Keith. I've been following your Facebook posts. YouTubes and also reading and practicing the lessons with Ken's commentary. This is my fourth year with ACIM. Most recently, I've begun to feel more regularly a sense of peace and a quiet mind. Yesterday, I went to a social event with a so-called bottomless brunch, unlimited Prosecco, which is sparkling wine. I came with the intention of not drinking at all. Uh, okay. Uh, I came with the intention of not drinking at all, but with the intention also to have a spirit of joining with those brothers. Maybe there was some holy ego there. Long story short, I did have quite a few glasses of wine and had a weird sense of being there, but not being there. Even in a bit of a drunken state, I was recalling Lesson 27 to myself. I don't know what to make of this. Was it the self, capital S, quietly observing as the ego self or was it uh or was sarah uh, okay 
let me start that sentence. I don't know what to make of this. Was it the capital S self quietly observing his ego self? Um, Sarah was at the party. Asking if the ego is observing, or am I looking myself and I should be more disciplined? That also sounds like holy ego. I'm not saying I want to drink a lot. Normally, I rarely drink alcohol. And the end result was that I had a disturbed night feeling very stuck in ego mind. So, okay. Did you get the question out of that? Yeah, more or less. Okay. It's always the same question. So, Am I upset by any of that? No. <laughs> I'm never upset for the reason I think. Um, are you upset because you drank too much Prosecco? No. Are you upset because you were a holy eagle? No. Are you upset because you had a disturbed mind thinking you were an eagle? No. You were upset because you thought you were the story character. You thought you were the dream figure. And so whatever upset was coming up in you has got nothing to do with the story. You allow the upset to be there. You give it permission to be there. You surrender to it being there. You forgive it being there. And you don't blame the dream. It is the upset of identifying as separate. And you made the dream to be a defense against you knowing it's the upset of being separate. You made up Prosecco. You made up other people at the party. You made up a character that was trying to be a holy ego. You made the whole thing up. And why did you do it? So that it would cover up the only problem there is, which is the decision to be separate. To be this personal self, this body with a past and a future that's different from other bodies and and that's the only reason for any of the upset. And so you allow whatever pain is coming up, which is your guilt, the upset of being separate, which is the upset and separateness from God. You allow it to be there without blaming the dream that you made as a smokescreen. And because you allow it and you're not judging it, because you are a space from it, the seeking and resisting and controlling of the ego is dying down. And the light of the Holy Spirit in your mind will shine forwards. Again, if you fight the darkness, that will block, that will, it will shield from you your identity as the Holy Spirit, the light and joy and peace in your mind, because God put them there. If you surrender to it, if you are peaceful with the all the non-peace being there, the light of the Holy Spirit will light up your mind. It will come in as a softness, a space around the story, a space around the suffering, just a peacefulness with it being there. That's the Holy Spirit. And when you're ready, you drop your identification as a person because you're not a person. You made the person up. You go back to identifying as this spaciousness, this peace, this awareness. And now who's going to, who, where's the suffering going to stick? It will disappear as the illusion it is. It arose on behalf 
of an imaginary separate self. And so again, lesson eight. Were you at a party? Did you drink Prosecco? No, you didn't. Because the past and the future are an illusion and all you are is this present moment awareness. And when you think about what happened at the party and feel guilty about it, your mind's actually blank because you're not thinking at all. Because they're not your thoughts. It never happened. There's only now. So whenever the discomfort comes back up with you thinking about the whole thing, don't believe the thoughts about the past or the future. That's, that's just the story you put in your dream. Go, permit, surrender to the upset of separateness because you're identifying as a body, which is a mirror of your decision to separate from God, apparently. Surrender, forgive the separateness you're choosing for yourself until you're ready to choose against it. And as long as you're forgiving it, the Holy Spirit is in your mind, the softness, the stillness. Forgive your decision to be a person so you can hold the Holy Spirit in your mind. And so when you're ready, you fall back into the love and the peace that's there and it all collapses. So I hope that's helpful. Thanks, Linda. Thank you. So, Eli, where should okay, we go next? Let's go to Tina next. Tina, the Hi, stage Mom. is yours. Hi, <laughs> Tina. Hi, Keith. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Um, the synchronicity of what you're saying today when I tuned in was pretty amazing, but I guess that's how it is. Um I just, I guess, want to share for others as well that um, on the Tina script for the past, I guess, almost eight years, which is interesting because you had anxiety for about eight years. Um, I put most of the guilt on my body and it's, I went from in a very active person, completely healthy to um, cancer and basically never being really well again, like seven to 14 migraines a month. Um, for some reason this past year, I've hardly been able to walk. Uh, I've had a foot injury that just basically won't heal. My back's going out. Like it's just one thing after another. And But I continue the practice and I have had um, amazing um, moments in the mind and sometimes I don't even feel the body anymore. Like I have moments where I'm, I'm just mind and the, there's a sensation or a feeling in the mind that's been growing that doesn't, it's not happiness. It's not, it's nothing that I've experienced before. Like if, it's different, so I don't know even what word to use. But for some reason, the last little piece of the puzzle clicked last night, and it's 
it's exactly what you said when I tuned in, which is always the way this works. I don't know why I knew I was mind. I knew I was not this character anymore. And I kept, you know, forgiving and forgiving and basically just going to the mind all the time, going to the mind. But I, I do, for some reason, I still thought I had a thought that I wasn't even aware of, but I finally, I was aware of it last night. I had a thought that it was Tina, the character that was dreaming. And for whatever reason, I read something and my mind just blew. And I went, oh my God, there's Tina never dreamt. Because Tina, there is no Tina. How could Tina even dream? Why did I have that thought, that last piece of the puzzle? And I went, wow, all this, the physical aspect is now, I now I'm very, it's so close now that I, I can feel, I'm like, that's, that is guilt now that I can just let go of because it, I, I don't have to project it onto the Tina anymore. Yes. It's, it's there for me to, to actually, and I just, I don't know why I never, you know, when you're ready to hear, you hear it. Yes. <laughs> and it was that last piece, even though I, I knew I was mind and I knew I was awareness and I was practicing and having many experiences and moments and meanwhile all this physical crap is going on it, it didn't matter anymore I but don't know why I didn't it didn't click and I, I just I just know that's the last piece of my puzzle yes um, it's so important and it, and it, it links so well with Stephanie's question about who is Jesus talking to in the course he's not talking to the dream figure He's talking to the one that made the dream figure and is pretending to be the dream figure and can choose otherwise. So um, I, I got to say that there was a time before I started doing the course and started having the awakening experiences. There was a time before that where I would have thought that everyone is dreaming separate dreams. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I would have thought as well. Um, but that's not what Jesus is saying. That's not what Jesus is saying. Because again, he says, no, listen, no. what if you knew the world was a hallucination? What if you knew you made it up? What if you knew that all the people that walk around in it to murder and suffer and die and you made them up? Um, it's and, like I knew it in theory, but yes, somehow, but you, 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 some... you thought Stephanie made it up, but you made, but Stephanie right. is part of what's made up. Right. Or my mom's I like how wonderful that I put my mom right here where I'm always doing work and my mom is not my mom isn't just another dream figure on my script I don't know what I am to her but she's my dream fig. she's because I'm dreaming she's, she's, all of the dream figures all of them yes yes you made up the dream and now you've localized yourself within all of them so so the mind that thinks it's Stephanie um, thinks it's uh, is the mind that thinks it's Tina is the mind that thinks it's Tina's mom is the mind that thinks it's Keith is the mind that thinks it's Sparkle is the yeah. mind that thinks it's the fish in the ocean that thinks it's the grain of sand yeah wow yes 
So that's, that's why, why Jesus victimizer and the victim, because you're actually dreaming both of the figures and everything yes. around the figures. You're both. Yes. You're the whole. Without, without ever, without ever becoming either of them. Because remember, the movie is right. playing. The movie is yes. playing, and the thoughts are happening, and all that's happening is. The movie that's already written, you're going, I thought that, that was my thought, but it wasn't. You didn't even know what you were going to think next. So consciousness never actually becomes the character in its dreams. Yes. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you for... Brilliant. Thank no, that's a really, it's, it's such an important realization. It's one I've been hammering home with the opportunity to do so because it's it's where the, the workbook lessons are really focusing at the moment, uh, especially today's workbook lesson for lesson 28, where Jesus says the problem is that you're seeing separateness. You're just seeing more than one thing. Um, and that's what he means. There's just the one dreamer only appearing as all the dream figures. But, it, but there's still only the one dreamer. And that's Christ's vision. That's where he's going with this. Christ's vision shows the one holy, innocent dreamer behind all the distressing images, never actually becoming any of the distressing images. See, once you know yourself, once you have that mechanism, once you've had the experience of the holy instant where I know I'm not Keith, um, I, I know I can't suffer. Like, I know suffering is a complete illusion. I cannot suffer. For a moment, suffering will seem to arise. And I and I simply say, to whom does the suffering arise? And the minute I do that, I can't find anyone. There's just me that's looking. And that's the capital S self that is everyone. And the minute I do that, the suffering can't stand. Because only a story can suffer. So, so for me, suffering is absolutely, it can't happen. Um, and then you see, this is where healing comes in. Because now you look around you and go, suffering is not real. You know, there may be you dreaming yourself to be a character that's suffering. But again, you know, that's an illusion. Like now I know all the times I thought I suffered was an illusion because I was never the character. This awareness that I am, which was always there and is always there, the changeless dwelling place, the quiet center, the stately calm, it has never been affected by anything. That I suffered was only ever an illusion because I identified with the figure in my dream. And each time the figure did something or something that happened to it, I went, that happened to me. But it didn't because <laughs> the story was already written. It's just a movie. And so, again, in the movie, there's a body, Tina, that has suffered with sickness and all these things. And again, that's never happened to any of you. Like you were saying, I've been, I've had these migraines and I've had these problems with my back. Does awareness have a back? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, can awareness have migraines? No, thank God. Yeah. And so... Again, all suffering arises on behalf of an imaginary self. And once you disengage from that identification, once you let go of, I am a body. And part of that is that if I'm not the body, I'm not the body's history. And once I let that go, who's there for suffering to stand for? There's no one. And that's why Jesus says, what suffer is not part of me. 
What is in pain is but illusion in my mind. It is a self-concept that isn't me. Who is the you that are living in the world? Who is the you that is sick? There's, there's no one there. There's a movie playing, but what does it have to do with your awareness? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It just takes a lot of repetition, a lot of patience, a lot of, you know, what else is time for? Yes. And at the beginning of a ton of trust, you're just going in blind, trusting that there's something else there. But yeah. I feel it now. I really, I, I really, really feel it. Like it's see the problem. There. The problem is that when you I see when you are in hope, when you are like I'm going to do this course in miracles and it's going to make my life better and it's going to make me yeah. I'm going to cure my illnesses and I'm going to like feel so much more fabulous. And the problem yeah. is you're you're insane. Yeah, you think you are a thing that needs to be fixed, and that is the only problem that you have. And Absolutely. so, I mean, it could be on the script that I'll end up in a like the body. This body will end up in a wheelchair. I know it doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. Yeah, what on, happens on, on on one level? You wrote a movie where something will happen to a body, and it's meaningless. However, there are two purposes for the meaninglessness. There is the ego's purpose which is that you will identify with that body and feel like the innocent victim and suffer okay so that's the purpose of the illusion or there is the, the, the holy spirit's purpose um which is that you will learn that you're not the body So again, you see, when I identify as the dream figure, I think that the happy dream is that I'm going to be this happy body. I'm going to age gracefully. It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> There's not going to be any health problems. Everyone's going to love me. And, and again, if that's true, Jesus flunked the course. He died. Well, that's a lie. The body dies in the dream that we wrote uh, with people despising it, wanting a mass murderer let out of prison instead of it, spitting at it, mocking it, prowling it in thorns, uh, whipping it um, mercilessly, ripping the flesh from its back, putting it on a cross uh, for it to die slowly of suffocation and blood loss. And what did it have to do with Jesus? Absolutely nothing. Again, other bodies saw the figure of his body on the on, on, on the cross, but Jesus knew he wasn't there. Because is the awareness that you are ever anywhere? No, if I go into the mind to try and find a localization, there isn't yeah. one. Although no. sometimes I might get the sense that I'm going inward somehow, but not yeah. really localized. Yeah, I, I I think um I think there's two steps whereby we withdraw our identification with the body, and that seems like an inward step, and then what we realize is, but what I am, everything it is, and then you see you're everything. Yeah, so I had like that experience for a couple of nowhere. hours, but I wasn't yeah. wasn't quite ready. Yeah, but, everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. So and, and because again, there's when we look for evidence that the body is me in the present moment, there's none. There's just a thought that it is. 
I love when you say that. I love I love the Is it your experience? Yeah, that's what I always I've had that come up. No, not necessarily. I just saying that that message that you've given more than once it'll come up in my mind and then I'll stop and I'll go into the my mind and go okay, now like ask the question where yeah. where is the just so that I can actually get the experience and just know it inherently instead of theoretically, I guess. So I do try to look for it. I mean, that's an excellent question that you pose. Whenever you look for the ego, what you find is there's only the one that's looking and the one that's looking is not the ego. Whenever you look for the one who suffers, um, you can't find anyone there, just a story. But there's just the one that's looking who isn't suffering. That's the switch of the miracle. That's why Jesus says the Holy Spirit knows the way to look on suffering so it disappears. Uh, he knows the way for you to look on your separate self so that you so that it disappears. That's what Jesus keeps saying in the whole course. It's a course of looking because you find Christ in the looking. Always in the looking. Yeah. So thanks very much for that, Tina. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Um, Lael, go for it. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Keith. Um, I think you kind of uh, touched on what I was going to ask about. And um, I'm not totally sure how to ask this, but it's like my ego. Well, you know, the dream can get happier as we surrender and spend more time in silence. Okay, I, you know? I'm going to stop you there because it's really important that you understand that properly. There Thank is you. no, There is no cause in the world. So the world has no power to make you happy and the world has no power to make you unhappy. So the only thing that can make you unhappy is identifying as a person, as a body, as a figure in your dream. And the only thing that will allow you to experience the happiness you always are is to undo that mistaken identification as a person and return to your identity as awareness in the Holy Spirit. The world has nothing to do with that. You must remember that Jesus had the happy dream. The crucifixion has nothing to do with that. Happiness is the decision against the ego. And then you are happiness in the Holy Spirit. You don't have happiness. You don't become happy. You are happiness itself in the Holy Spirit. And that's always true. It is just your mistaken decision for the ego that 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 makes that unapparent so it's really important to understand that jesus's happy dream what included the crucifixion so does that answer your question i I, i'm so confused by my own question even before i asked it that i don't even know i mean that was definitely super helpful and i feel like if i had the tech capacity i would turn that into the ringer on my phone or something and loop it <laughs> but Good. but but um i guess um let me just let me just try something i mean i'm just try- i don't know why they're, i'm kind of wrestling with something I, so basically okay let's put it this way um something happened in my dream yesterday that was seemed to be delighting me as it was happening now it was birthed out of it seemed to be birthed out of me being above the battleground you know what i mean like a a gift 
Um, yes. Okay. And let, 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 so, let, but, but, I hear, but I hear can, I just, can I just finish what I was going to okay. say? But as it was happening, I even in those moments saw my ego become extremely or whatever you want to call it, grasping and having these thoughts that were very grasping in the midst of it. It was like yes. it was colonizing the joy and okay. trying to bring it. And so do I just have to stay above the battleground even no, no, when no. there's it's, dancing it's very joy important on the battleground? To understand. You, you must understand. <laughs> I'm so you confused. must no, 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 no. So just keep this simple. All right. Anytime okay. I apologize. you experience joy, anytime you experience love, now not neediness and sexual attraction, anytime you experience and, and joy, not pleasure, when you experience joy or love or peace or inspiration or any of those things, that is the experience of above the battleground. There is nothing to the dream figure identity other than fighting with the script that's already written. There is nothing to the ego identity except grasping at it and pushing it away. There is nothing to the ego identity except seeking and resisting. It is, um, it is resistance to the present moment. It is the seeking of a different moment. It is the attempt to grasp onto it. And so anytime there is a surrender to the present moment, to the world, to the body, to the thoughts and the feelings, anytime there is a surrender to that, there's no ego. And when that happens, then the innate peace, joy, love, inspiration of what you are as a right mind, what you are in the holy instant, what you are above the battleground lights up your mind. And then the problem is that we think it was the party did that. <laughs> it was nature did that. It was my friendship. It was my lover did that. It was my relationship made me feel that. The world can't make you feel anything. It is to do with what you're doing with your mind. If your mind is resisting and seeking and grasping, um, then that is the reason for your pain. All pain comes from resistance. And, and in a surrendering, which we do when we allow, you know, the mind will tell us, oh, I'll be happy at the party. I'll be happy in nature. Then we go into the nature and the mind stops seeking and resisting. <laughs> and then the light of what you are lights up your mind. But then the problem is that's where the grasping comes in. And we're like, oh, no, I need this for my happiness. And it's like Dumbo with his magic feather to fly. Dumbo could always fly. He just thought he needed a, a feather. We our happiness. We don't need to become happiness. We just thought we needed to manipulate the world to be happy. But that doesn't work because we are happiness and we discover that when we stop grasping at, fighting, resisting and seeking at the world. So again, there is no cause in the world. The only thing that can make you happy or unhappy is what you're doing with your mind, which teacher you've chosen. Is it the teacher of separateness where you'll think you're a body in your dream? Or is it the teacher of oneness, the Holy Spirit, where you identify as the dreamer of the dream, seeing it's one holy self behind all the images, whatever they are? Hope that makes sense. We'll assume yes. <laughs>
in the absence of an answer. <laughs> uh, where should we go next, Eli? Let's go to the chat. Now, at this point, we have um, Marsha with her hand up and two questions in the chat. So if you want to draw a line under them. Let's do that. I'm, oh. I, I'm so sorry. I just want to say thank you. My my Zoom cut out. So I no I'll, problem, I'll Zale. No problem, Zale. Thank you very much for the thank, question. Thank, thank you very much. So do we have a question in the chat box then, Eli? Yeah, let's go to the chat and then Marcia. Um, this is from Not Joyce. Did we not dream up all the good circumstances too? There's no such thing as good and bad. There's just a dream. The world doesn't mean anything. Remember, lesson one, nothing I see means anything at all. Lesson two, I have given everything I see all the meaning it has for me. There's, you know, as Shakespeare said, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Jesus is saying, you know, the world is meaningless. What you made is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. You've decided whether it's good or bad, but it's not. Um, You know... If Donald Trump wins the election, that's going to be good for half of America and it's going to be bad for the other half of America. Joe Biden wins, that's going to be good for half of America. It's going to be bad for half of America. There's no good or bad. It's 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 a thought. Um, this is what you must understand. When you identify as the dream figure, you think the dream is good and bad. And that's where all your suffering arises because what's good today will turn bad tomorrow when it dies or when it leaves you, when it's nothing is the source of your happiness and therefore its absence cannot be the cause of your pain. Um, if you know you are happiness itself, um, you would never have the word bad in the world. Everything would just be what is. You only say something is bad because you believe that it will take happiness from you or prevent you from knowing happiness. But how can that be true if you are happiness? So if you know what you are in the Holy Spirit, the world isn't good or bad. Jesus didn't look at the body being crucified and go, that's bad. Okay. He saw the one holy mind only appearing as a crucifixion that meant nothing because it had no effect on the one holy mind of God's son. So we've got to get away from the idea of good and bad. Uh, and that's why in today's lesson, Jesus is saying your problem is you're seeing multiple things. You're seeing good things and bad things, holy things and unholy things. Helpful things and unhelpful things. <laughs> um, and he's saying, no, that's nonsense. It is all holiness only appearing as a world that means nothing at all and it doesn't mean anything because it's all still holiness that's christ's vision you know in the bible adam and eve they eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil which is a beautiful poetic metaphor so there's no such thing as good and bad that's duality there's just what is and your perception of it is is a reflection of what you think you are. If you think you're an ego, you'll see things that are bad. If you know what you are in the Holy Spirit, the whole world is simply a reflection of that. So you see nothing but love. 
all Jesus would have saw in the crucifixion was love calling for the love it didn't know it was in the form of the dream figures of the Roman soldiers and the people that condemned him and the people that bored him with a spear. And so when we go about the battleground, all you see is love. You see love expressing the love it knows itself to be. And you see love calling out for the love it doesn't know that it is. But you put it all in your dream. And so all of the calls for love out there are your calls for love. Because there's just one dreamer of the dream, God's one holy son. So I hope that makes sense. So Eli, what's next? We, we can go to Marcia next. Go ahead. And then we have one more in the chat. Perfect. Hi. I'm Hi, Marcia. Brief. Hi. Hi. Um, Says the Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, you know, there's not just me here. There's like four people, right? So I'll just stick to who I think I am today. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, and that was my script to be a Gemini. Absolutely. Yes. And, it's, and, and you're not a Gemini. The dream figure is a Gemini. Yeah. Yes. Well, the dream figure had a big dream last night and I don't remember it. My husband said, boy, you had a humdinger last night. You screamed. In your dream, loud. I don't remember it. And I'm a real good, I have good memory for dreams, sleeping dreams. So I'm thinking, okay, I didn't remember screaming. He says, it was louder than I've ever heard you scream. And I'm thinking, well, who screamed? Nothing happened. So I guess I'm just saying that as, a, as an example of, I was dreaming, I screamed, but I don't remember it. So Nothing happened. Yes. That's just all so, I wanted to say. Yeah. So so there was Marsha in her bed and there was a dream happening. And whatever was happening in the dream, there was a dream version of Marsha. That's not really Marsha. It's just a projected Marsha. Mm -hmm. And there is other people in the dream, monsters, whatever, scenery. And all of that is happening in Marsh's mind. It is known only by sleeping Marsh's mind, not Marsh the dream figure. And it is all made out of Marsh's mind. So Marsha has localized herself as one of the figures in her dream from whose perspective... Her mind looks like scenery and other people and monsters. But it's not real. It is only ever Marsh's mind. And so the suffering in the dream arose on behalf of an imaginary dream version of Marsha. And it has no effect whatsoever on the mind that is dreaming it. Okay. And so in waking life, the still dream, still dream. Yeah. Um, when you believe you are suffering, you consciousness are identified as Marsha from whose perspective suffering arises, but there is no Marsha. Yeah. And so as you and in the holy instant 
return to your identity as the dreamer of the dream above the battleground, when you identify as awareness, then what you realize is that awareness is never suffering. Yeah. All yeah. the suffering ar arose on behalf of the dream figure, Marcia. And the minute you withdraw your allegiance to being that body with a story, you realize the story was suffering, but the story's not me and I can't suffer. So thank you, Marsha. I can't remember it. So, you know, it's yeah. like once we're once we're whole, we have no memory. Absolutely. Of... Yes. All right. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Can I add a funny? Yeah. Maybe you were maybe Marsha, you were screaming because in your dream you're having really good sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm all for that. <laughs> And Eli's not even a Gemini. <laughs> and, and why don't I remember that, doggone it? <laughs> Darn it, eh? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We have one more question here. This is from Anne. Even with no identification to the ego, the sensations called pain still appear to be felt, though. Otherwise, wouldn't that be spiritual bypassing? Do you feel sensation of pain if you stub your toe? There is a sensation happening within the field of awareness that you are, and there is no evidence whatsoever that it is you or yours apart from a thought that it is. So in the same way that in this moment, <laughs> There is no evidence that the body is me apart from a thought that claims it. In the same way, and the body is just made up out of sensations. And whatever the sensations happening in the body, there is no evidence that they are me or mine apart from a thought that they are. So the awareness of sensation doesn't suffer. It's just what's apparently happening, but there's nobody there to decide whether it's good or bad. So all suffering arises through resistance. So the sensation is just a perceptual fact in the dream. Jesus says in the course, um, you cannot be angry at a fact. You can only be angry at a perception of a fact. And so the fact is, there are sensations taking place. The, the, the perception is, they're happening to me. But who is the me that's suffering? And that's why Jesus says in the Course, what suffers is not part of me, what is in pain is but illusion in my mind. There is a sensation that's just what's apparently happening, but the claiming of it as mine, that's ego. Now, again, that doesn't mean you have to be perfect at this straight away. We're all working on this. But it's important that you understand. <laughs> it's not sensation that causes suffering. It is the claiming of it as mine and the resistance to it. Again, in a complete surrender to pain and thoughts of suffering and thoughts of victimhood, 
in a complete surrendering to all of that, the softness of the Holy Spirit rises, the stillness, the peacefulness with the non-peace being there. Because in the absence of seeking and resisting, in the absence of, you know, um, in the absence of resistance to the pain, it shouldn't be here, oh my God, I was painless a minute ago, now I have pain. The one that's doing that is made up. It's your concept of yourself because your present moment awareness. Again, for you to call a sensation pain even is a judgment. And Jesus says, but you can't judge. So the judgment that the pain is bad arises on behalf of an imaginary separate self. Now, again, I'm not saying you got it from tomorrow, <laughs> never fall into the trap of identifying as the one who suffers again. But what, what, what you do need to understand is that in your practice of the course, um, Jesus wants you to be learning that you're not the body. The body is there. It's not going anywhere. He's not asking you to deny the body. He is asking you to learn that it's not you and that you're not in it. And it's got nothing to do with you. Um, and in the same way with pain, you know, sensation, which will be a fact in the dream because you put it there. Um, again, Jesus isn't asking you to deny that. He's not asking you to, you know, he says that's an unworthy form of denial. So you allow what you wrote in the dream to be there. But the real learning is that it cannot take the peace from you if you are in your right mind. So awareness can't suffer, doesn't have a body, can't be in pain. There can be an awareness of sensation taking place, but there's not a claiming of the sensations as mine. And there is not resistance to the sensations being there. In Buddhism, they have the idea of the two spears. And so the fact is that in our dream, we wrote pain. So the encountering of pain is an inevitability almost for everyone at some point in time at the level of the dream. However, the second spear is suffering. So the point is you put pain in your dream. Um, and so that's going to be an inevitability. However, suffering is optional. The judgment of the sensation arising, that's optional and that's overturnable. And so Jesus says that the, 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 the guiltless mind cannot suffer. So if I'm in my wrong mind, identifying as a person with a foot, <laughs> um, and now there's pain, which is different than the past where there was no pain, and now I'm suffering, well, then, you know, you're in the sin, the mind that believes in sin. But if you're above the battleground, if you're in your right mind, if you're not identifying as the body, uh, that's, the, that's the mind where there's no sin. And so from this mind, there's no suffering. Because suffering is simply resistance to the present moment. So pain, like everything else in the dream, is neither good or bad, right or wrong, fair or unfair. It's just what's apparently happening in your dream, and it's not happening to anyone unless you jump in and make up a concept of yourself and go, it's happening to me. But it's not. It's happening to no one. Because you, consciousness, never become any of the characters in your dream. And that's the 
when Jesus says nobody can be angry with a fact, they can only be angry with a interpretation of a fact. That's the interpretation. So yes, sensation is happening. But where all the suffering happens is, is in the interpretation, it's happening to me. It's just what's apparently happening. So I hope that makes sense. So does that bring us to an end there, really? Actually, no. It was pointed out to me that I missed something. Fair enough. Um, fair enough, yes. I just didn't read it as a question. So my apologies, no Giuseppe. It's Giuseppina, I think, is how you say the name. Anyway, this is from her. It's Keith. I think I understand this intellectually. Split mine. I'm not what I think I am. But I've not but I'm not having the experience of it, except when I willingly try to remember that. But the minute I finish doing it, all this seems like something I understand intellectually, but I'm not experiencing. Um, sorry, when I say, when I willingly try to remember that, I mean, when I willingly try to remember, I'm awareness, stillness, peace. You, let's call you Jesse, because I'm not sure if really I got that right. <laughs> I, I did not. Sorry about that. Thank you, Keith. Let's call for you Jesse. Um, Jesse um, cannot be awareness. Josephina, I'm going to guess that is Josephina. Um, Josephina cannot be awareness. Josephina is the dream character. If you identify as the dream character, you cannot know that you are awareness. You don't have to become aware, awareness. You don't have to go looking for it. It's what you are. However, your belief that you are Josephina will veil that from you. Jesus says the concept of the self stands, which is Josephina, the concept of the self stands like a shield. Um, and it bars you from seeing the light that you are in everything. So you cannot identify as Josephina and then go, where's awareness? Where's Josephina's awareness? She doesn't have any. She is the block to awareness, you. Josephina is the block to the awareness of awarenesses. Well, the awareness, awareness is awareness of itself. <laughs> Josephina is the block to awareness is awareness of itself. And you are awareness, not Josephina. So you have to undo your mistaken identification as Josephina in order to fall back into your identity as awareness. So you have to surrender to the present moment, forgiveness. You have to allow the world to do what it's doing. You have to allow the body and the insane mind to do what it's doing the thoughts and the feelings, you resist nothing. Can I allow this? Can I permit this? Can I forgive this being here? And in that surrendering, the light of what you are will come into your mind. A softness, a stillness, a space around everything. And you may need to practice that for a while, before you're ready to realize that that space, that softness is you and you're not Josephina.
So when that peace came into my mind and the anxiety disorder started disappearing, so oh, I guess for three or four months, all I noticed was that, was that this peace was in my mind. So I said, oh, this is the peace of the Holy Spirit. And it's it's taken back all the territory in my mind that the anxiety disorder had. And there's just this peace that's in the background all the time now. But then at some point I realized, I guess you could say I was shown, that sounds a bit too dramatic. <laughs> at some stage I fell into knowing that the peace was me and there was no such thing as Keith. And that, that was the real knowing of love, love's presence in my mind. That was where the world lit up with love. So you may not have that experience straight away, but if you practice non-judgment of your ego, which is all the course is about, um, surrendering to all the madness that's going on in the ego, because it's not you. Remember what the Holy Spirit did in the beginning? Nothing. You surrender. You are the one that witnesses. You are the one who looks. And as you learn to do that, complete surrender, the softness will become known to you in your mind, which I think you're saying you know. So all I want you to know is that at some stage when your fear diminishes, you will be able to let go of identifying as a person and be the peace, the space. So again, I didn't do that. I, I didn't get that for months. Um, whereas now, each time suffering arises, there's an instant flip happens in my mind where I just simply go back to the space where Keith doesn't exist and the suffering on, suffering collapses. So Keith and Josephina are never anything more than a concept of what you are that isn't you. And the minute you can look at the concept with no judgment you realize you are that which looks with no judgment, which can't suffer. So like I say, that can be a process. So I hope that's helpful. Okay, guys, thank you very much for your attention uh, for another meeting. I hope you got something good out of it. We will all catch up on in the group during the week and enjoy the rest thank of your you. Sunday. Thank you, Keith. 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 Thank you, Keith.